You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's Views podcast on Big Blue View Radio, the first edition of the podcast from the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Had a chance to listen to Giants General Manager Joe Shane speak on Tuesday, covered a wide range of topics Of course, a lot about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, whether he'll use the franchise tag, whether he thinks he can keep both of those players. And uh, we'll get into all of that here in just a minute. Also, we will play the entire Joe Shane press conference for you uh, from Tuesday at the Combine. So you'll get a chance to hear that in its entirety. Um, Also, Today I'll have some thoughts for you on the uh, on the news that the Giants will be releasing Kenny Galladay. So uh, a lot of things here for you uh, today, and uh, just please remember to uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts to uh, to support uh, our work. Uh, make sure that you uh, you give us a rating, leave us a comment if you. Uh, if you have the ability to do that, we always appreciate the feedback, whether it's positive or negative. We appreciate the fact that you care enough to give us a rating, to give us a comment. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what uh, about what we learned from Joe Shane on Tuesday in Indianapolis. Of course, uh, much of, of what Shane talked about, much of what he was questioned about revolved around Daniel Jones. The franchise tag deadline is coming up quickly, March 7. That's really just a week away. So the Giants uh, with Saquon Barkley possibly headed to free agency, with Daniel Jones possibly headed to free agency. Giants have a lot to get done. You know, It's going to be a really, really important week for the Giants. And hopefully we'll have some news uh, regarding signings or tags or whatever's going to take place. Hopefully we'll have some news within the next few days. Joe Shane made it very, very clear once again on Tuesday that Daniel Jones is his priority. He didn't come right out and say that. He said not necessarily when asked if he had to sign Jones before Barkley, but it was clear that Daniel Jones is obviously going to cost the Giants more than Saquon Barkley. It's been clear all along that if the Giants are going to use a franchise tag, and you can only use one, but if they're going to use the tag, it has been clear that they will use that tag on Daniel Jones and only would use it on Saquon Barkley 
if they already have a deal in place with Daniel Jones, they're saving that tag in the event that they don't come to a deal with Daniel Jones' representation. Joe Shane said that he talked to uh, to Shane's reps from Athletes First on Monday, said they would talk again today, said they're having constructive talks, said they're closer than they were when they began these talks, but obviously no deal has been reached yet. Shane has made it obvious from the very beginning of the offseason that the quarterback is his priority. He said again on Tuesday that Daniel Jones will be the quarterback of the New York Giants in 2023. He said he had no doubt that would happen. He was asked if they don't reach a long-term deal, if Shane doesn't believe that they'll be able to reach a long-term deal by the franchise tag deadline. He was asked if he would use the tag to keep Jones in New York. And he simply said, mm-hmm. So that's going to happen. Daniel Jones is not going to hit the free agent market. Shane made reference on Tuesday to having a walkaway number, to the importance of having a walkaway number. He talked mostly about that in reference to Saquon Barkley, but also in reference to Jones as well. Diana Rossini of ESPN is reporting on Tuesday night that the Giants do indeed have a walkaway number with in regards to Daniel Jones and that if his reps insist on a higher number than what the Giants are comfortable with, that they will indeed use the franchise tag. So it could well be heading to a situation where the Giants could use a franchise tag on Daniel Jones. And Joe Shane said on Tuesday he was very honest. He doesn't want to use the tag. He was clear that he understands that using that $32.4 million franchise tag on Daniel Jones will hamstring the Giants when it comes to their ability to go out into the free agent market and supplement a roster that he knows still has needs at you know along the offensive line maybe at tight end maybe at wide receiver if they can find a match on the defensive line at linebacker at cornerback and also you know when you think about the Giants trying to sign their other free agents trying to perhaps get a long-term deal with with Dexter Lawrence and Xavier McKinney they're not going to be able to do those things if they have to give Daniel Jones the franchise tag and if he plays on that tag in 2023. Joe Shane was very clear that if he has to tag Jones, it's going to make it harder for him to put a the, the kind of roster around Jones that he would like to, that he's going to have to rely on draft picks to do that, that he's not going to be able to seek the type of free agents he would like to add to the roster. So, you know, as he said, he said it it would be better for the organization, it would be better for Jones if he is able to come to a long-term deal with the Giants. But But he has been very, very clear. No one should sit here and think that Daniel Jones is going to 
is going to reach the free agent market. That is not going to happen. Shane will not let that happen. Daniel Jones will be the Giants quarterback in 2023. Shane was clear about that. He was clear about the fact that he and head coach Brian Dable think that there's more meat on the bone with Jones. Think that Jones, even with all of the improvement that he showed in 2023, think that there's more improvement that he can make, that he hasn't played his best football yet. The Giants are are clear and obvious in the fact that they want to find out what that best football from Daniel Jones is, and they want to find out with Jones in a Giants uniform. The other takeaway from all of the remarks about Jones, the other takeaway, and I wrote about this at Big Blue View, for me, the other takeaway is... It is very clear that that although the Giants will not say it, it is very clear that Saquon Barkley is second fiddle in these negotiations. It is very clear that the Giants, as I said, are going to have Daniel Jones at quarterback. If they have to use the franchise tag on Jones and that forces them to sacrifice Saquon Barkley and forces them to allow Barkley to reach the free agent market, then they are willing to allow that to happen. They want to keep both players. They want to keep Barkley. They understand what kind of a player he is, how good he is, what he can do. But the choice that they are willing to make is clear. The quarterback comes first, the running back comes second. Shane was clear about having a walkaway number. And if Barkley's representation is not willing to make a deal at that walkaway number, he was very clear that the Giants would walk away, that they have a plan B, that they will execute, that they will parcel that money out in other ways, and, and that they would move on. Again, not something he wants to do, but very clear that he will do that if he has to do that. A couple of other notes, non-Jones, non-Barkley notes that I think we need to, uh, to talk about from Shane's press conference. He was very, very clear that defensive lineman Leonard Williams, who has a $32 million cap hit, which is untenable, with the uh, with with the Giants, you know, still needing additional cap space for 2023, he was very very clear that Leonard Williams will not be cut. He said he had some ideas, he had some thoughts on ways that the Giants could lower that cap hit, and I would assume that that is what's going to happen. I would assume that sometime very soon. That, that Shane will begin discussing that with Williams' representation. What that probably amounts to is some sort of an extension for Williams that adds a year, maybe two years to his contract, spreads out the cap hit a little bit, keeps Williams with the Giants, and gives the Giants a little bit of cap relief at the same time. Shane was very clear that that the Giants don't have enough good players on the defensive line, that they need to be better against the run. They need to have more depth on that defensive line. And that, of course, is not going to happen if they let one of their best two players on that defensive line 
you know, Leonard Williams along with Dexter Lawrence. If they let Williams go, they're not going to get better and deeper along that line. So that to me is not going to happen. Another thing that Shane made clear, uh, something that I happened to ask him about on Tuesday, uh, Jim Nagy, Senior Bowl Executive Director, came on the podcast a week or so ago and talked about building a wide receiver room like a basketball team where you've got guys of different different body types, different skill sets, you know, different shapes, different sizes, all of that. And and you want a variety of skill sets in in the wide receiver room. So I asked Shane if he believed in the basketball team theory or if they simply wanted guys that were good players. And Shane's answer was they want guys who can create separation. They don't care about body type. They don't care about the other measurables. They don't, you know, they don't care about size and weight and, and, and all of those things. They want guys who can separate from cornerbacks. They want guys who can get open because, as Shane said, it's easier to throw the ball to guys who are open than it is to throw you know, 50-50 balls and hope that your wide receiver is the one who makes the play. They want wide receivers who can and will get themselves open. So just keep that in mind when, uh, you know, when you guys are are thinking about which wide receivers the Giants might pursue in the draft, which ones they might prefer. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, about Quentin Johnston of TCU, 6'4", 215 guy. Um, you know, if you're looking for a, a bigger-bodied contested catch type guy, Johnston's also a very fast young player. But uh, whether or not he's the Giants' cup of tea, I kind of question when you think about what Shane said about uh, separation over size on uh, on Tuesday. So I guess the other thing that, that we need to talk about is the uh, the news that, that Kenny Galladay will be released on March 15. That's no surprise at all. Galladay had a disastrous two years with the Giants, obviously signed a four-year $72 million deal with the Giants, I think $40 million guaranteed, ended up, as it ends up, he'll make... I think $40.5 million from the Giants for 43 catches and one touchdown in two years. A disastrous tenure in uh, in New York for Galladay. Disastrous contract uh, given to him by Dave Gettleman, Kevin Abrams, who, who was the, uh, the cap guru for the Giants at the time, and uh, just obviously never worked out Giants are going to move on. Initially, uh, we thought that the Giants were definitely making him a pre-June 1 cap cut, which uh, which would mean they would carry, I think, $14.5 million of dead money in 2023, save $6.7 million. Giants clarified that later in the day, saying they have not yet decided whether Galladay will be a pre June 1 cut or a post June 1 cut the the post June 1 cut would save them more money in 2023 but but it would do that by pushing money 
into 2024, so there would still be dead money for Galladay on the books in 2024 if they do that. So we'll see what decision ultimately gets made. Perhaps uh, the, the results of the negotiations with, uh, with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are going to have something ultimately to do with how that all plays out. Anyway, Giants fans, let's uh, let's do this. That's enough of me actually talking about what Joe Shane said and giving you my impressions of of what the GM said. How about we uh, we turn our attention now to uh, to to what Shane actually said here? So here is the audio from Joe Shane's media availability Tuesday at the NFL Combine. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, there he is. Hello, everybody. Joe. All right, fire away. Give uh, any update on negotiations with Daniel Jones? Yeah, we're we've been in constant contact with his agents. Uh, we had productive conversations yesterday. Uh, we have some more scheduled today, so we'll just we'll continue to communicate with them. Um, some of it, you know, was in person and then over the phone, and then yesterday was in person and he'll be in person again today. So, yeah, we'll continue to hammer out. Uh, try to get closer to getting something done, hopefully. Is, is, is there an order of operations when dealing with the quarterback and dealing with a running back, like a star running back like Saquon, or how, how does that work? Not right now. We, we've had uh, productive conversations with both their representatives, um, Saquon going all the way back to November, and we'll continue to do so, but there's, there's not pri- you know, priority. So, you, so you don't have to get the Daniel Jones thing done before you know what you're going to do with, with, with Saquon? No, not necessarily. How did the, the agent switch with Daniel affect anything, if, if at all? Uh, that was something personal that um, Daniel wanted to do. Again, I, I didn't really get into it, but um, we had never had any conversations with CAA. We, we didn't they have no idea what value we thought. I have no idea what they would ask. Like, that was totally separate. Um, we have a great relationship with CAA, great relationship with Athletes First. We had just never even embarked on any type of negotiations, numbers, anything that was just something you know daniel decided to do on his own and then once you know there was a separation then you know we started talking with athletes first you know once that ended when Joe, are you, you optimistic about getting deals done with both of them yeah i would say cautiously optimistic i mean it's uh 
again, you have to go through you know hard times before you come out the other end, and better times with negotiations. So, um, you know, we're trying to work through it. Um, you know, obviously, we'd like to have them both back. They they know how we feel about both of them, and um, you know, again, we're we're still working through it. How much urgency is there to at least get one of them done for the tag deadline? Uh, there is, but you know, it's got to be right for both parties. I mean, it's you know, there's again, I say it all the time with you guys. You know, if then scenarios, we're going through those. So um, if it gets out of hand and it's 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 out of our comfort zone, um, you know, we have the tag. We have we don't want to tag one player. Um, we'll use that. Somebody's got to walk. And, you know, it's you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, that's a part of the business. And we're still build, building a team. And, you know, that's important to keep in mind. Joe, do you have do you have any doubt that? Daniel will be the quarterback next year. No. Either, no doubt. So if it doesn't get done, you tag him. Mm-hmm. And and yep. um, could you use tag as a placeholder, or once you tag him, it's kind of like yeah. Yeah, I mean we have a lot of options. Yeah, yeah we have a lot of options. Joe, Saquon's made clear that he sees himself and Daniel as a tandem. Yeah. They work so well together. Do you see them that way? Yeah, I would. Lo- again, I would love to have them both back. Yeah, I think uh, they work. They work well with each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, their entire careers in the NFL, they've been together. Um, I do think they again they complement each other well, and we're trying to we've had again, productive conversations with both representatives, and you know again the, the goal is to hopefully get something done. When people talk about Saquon, sometimes they go back to injuries, that kind of thing, the the longevity of a running back. But do you, in your mind, see him as more valuable than quote unquote just what he does on the football field? Uh, no, I mean I think in the negotiations you take all that into account, or you wouldn't approach the player on a contract extension. So, yeah, I mean, we Walter Payton Man of the Year, you know, I love that about him, but you also got to look at production, durability, games play, production versus other comps throughout the league, and that's usually where they land from a uh, financial standpoint. And, you know, again, we you got to draw a line in the sand, like we're not going any further, and if it goes past this, all right, let's shift to plan B. And um, again, hopefully we don't get to that. But you know, we went all over, went through all those plans. Joe, what if you uh, have Daniel on the tag? Does that change how you look at quarterbacks in this draft class? If you have him on one year versus if you have a multi-year deal worked out by then? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're, we're going to try to get Daniel down again. Where we wouldn't be in this situation and negotiating with Daniel if we didn't want him to be our quarterback. Joe, last year, you know, in your job, you you had to make a lot of tough decisions about it letting players go. Mm-hmm. Um, how different is the job when you're now dealing with guys that you built a relationship with and you don't want to see go, but you have to have those same hard conversations? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part of this business because, you know, it was a special season last year. It was Dave's nice first year, and we did become close with a lot of the players, and they all worked hard. We had a very good team chemistry, you know, from, from day one when we got in there in the off-season program. So, you do. You, you appreciate the hard work that they put in every day. You appreciate the guys playing through injury, putting in the extra to execute the assignments. So you do. There is a personal you know, part of this, and there's a business side. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there may be some players that we don't you know, get back because of financial reasons or we couldn't agree on something. Uh, but that definitely doesn't change the way we think about them or you know, the love and respect that we have for those guys. Joe, at what point did you... Uh realize all right Daniel is the quarterback that one yeah it was an ongoing it was an ongoing um, process again um, you know we evaluated every game that he that he played all the way up until you know through the playoffs and you know again I think we felt good at the end of the season that 
you know, he's a guy that we'd like to bring back moving forward and be our guy. When you spoke after the season, you said you and Saquon weren't close when you spoke um, during the bye. Like, how much have you guys bridged that gap? Have you bridged that gap? Yeah, no, we haven't totally bridged. We're, we're a little bit closer. Um, there's still a gap, or, you know, we haven't done. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll still work through that. And, again, he's, you know, working with Rock Nation and Kim, his agent, and have a great relationship uh, with her. And um, I have had for a long time, so we've had really good communication, and she does a great job. And um, you know, we'll see if we can bridge the gap here at some point. How, how close are you to? Um, you said line in the sand with Saquon. Um, how close are you to that line in the sand with him? Can't tell you that. Doesn't name it. Just try to bridge the gap. Yeah, I can't tell you. I can't, can't get it all away. How important has the progression of Isaiah Hodgins over the last year allowed you to move on from Ken? I think Isaiah came in, and you know he's a guy we obviously we drafted when we were in Buffalo, and we're familiar with him. Um, smart, tough, dependable, good worker. He knew the offense. He came in. He could play four spots, and uh, he went out and performed the way you know we thought he would. So yeah, that was an important piece. That was an important pickup. Um, again, great job by the pro department identifying him uh, when he became available, and you know the timing was right. And. He did a heck of a job for us. Is that, so how you look to is that how you look to continue to build the wide receiver room, or do you look to the draft or agency? Is it just yeah, all, all avenues? Again, like we had a good season. Uh, we still have you know several holes on both sides of the ball, so we still have a ways to go and several holes to fill. So I understand you know, there's somewhat of a um, obsession with the receiver position, and again, like we still have to build a team. Like that's an important. Important position, I get that, but the value has to match up, and we still have several other holes that we need to fill. Um, in twenty twenty four, we have some guys. You know, you got to look down the road. Who's up next year? You know, what's what's coming down the pipeline as you build the team, not just for twenty twenty three, but down the road. As you're dealing with like DJ and Saquon negotiations, how are you approaching maybe Dexter Lawrence extension or things like yeah? That? This week will be a big. I mean, all the UFAs, and then anybody like Dexter, Joel Siegel's his agent. We've had conversations with him. Um, that's a little bit trickier, the DT market, um, when you look at you know the, the gap in between the highest paid and then the next guy. So, um, but Dexter's great, you know, leader, great player, did a good job for us this year. So he's definitely somebody that you know we'll talk to and like to have him here for a long time. Joe, you, you, you have one guy, you have two guys. How do you weigh that option? Yeah, I mean we'll see if it comes to that. Um, we're hoping we don't. You know, we don't get to where it's it's one or the other. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, if it did, we wouldn't be in, you know, have contract offers out to both of them. So it's not necessarily we have to. One's getting tagged. Ideally, that doesn't happen, and you get them both done. That's going to be better for the organization, and I think it'd be better for Daniel, and I think it'd be better for Saquon if if we can get deals done without having to use the franchise tag. Joe, if you you uh, put the tag on Daniel, how much does that hamstring what you can do the rest of the way? It does. Yeah, it does, and that's. Uh, that's something everybody realizes. I, again, I don't think the franchise, if you have to franchise Daniel, I don't think that's best for the organization. I don't believe it's best for Daniel, um, especially as we try to build build the team around him and you know, questions about receiver and you know, other positions on the other side of the ball where we may need depth. So um, it does hurt you a little bit in terms of you know the team building process, but you know we're prepared if, if that's a scenario um, that we're faced with and you know, we have a plan B and, We'll try to execute have, 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 Has Daniel's side been um, um, open to that, or is it like that's your problem? You know, we yeah, I don't want to get into specifics of the, of the negotiations, but um, you know, we're prepared if we have to you know, to go down that avenue. Joe, how much of this, you know, bringing him back, doing a multi-year deal, and is you know, hey, he improved this year, yeah. but there's still so much more 
for him to go? How much would that mean? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, Daniel did have a good year, and he'll be the first to tell you. Like, there's still a lot of meat left on the bone and room for improvement. And um, Dave's will tell you that. The coaching staff will tell you that. Like, he came a long way. Um, he's still 25, and again, I still think um, there's room for improvement you know, as he continues to mature and be around the staff. I think the continuity of the staff, getting Kafka back. Um, you know, Shea interviewed for a uh, coordinator job, but getting those guys back, you know, our entire offensive staff will be back except for Tony Sperano, uh junior, the assistant O-line coach. But, you know, same with the defense. You know, the entire defensive staff's coming back. So I think continuity, year two, familiarity with the system will be that much further ahead as we go into the off-season program. And, you know, I think everybody will benefit from that, especially Daniel. Joe, for years you were able to come here with a singular focus, evaluating <laughs> players. Yeah. Uh, that that singular focus is gone, but you still put an emphasis on this draft. And in moving forward for this team, how important is the draft itself? And yeah. can you bide your time between and divide your time between your contract negotiations, guys you may want to bring back, free agency, yeah. and then this whole big thing that you're dealing with? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Art. And I'm still I'm still trying to feel my way through it. Like this is the first in season as a general manager, so you know, I. At this time, normally I have fourth round and above. I've seen all the free agents. You know, as an assistant GM, you've got time where you're uninterrupted in your office. Where, uh, so I'm still catching up on that stuff. I have, I have a great staff. Obviously, you know, negotiations take part of your time. You know, coaches' contracts. So there's a lot of other things um, that are pulling me away from the film. But uh, I'm in a good spot again. I have a good staff that leads me in the right direction and kind of filters the information that who I need to look at. But we're going to have to build through the draft, especially you know financially. You know, if you have to use the franchise tag or whatever, like we're still going to have to build through the draft. And you know, have those young, cost-controlled players over four years. Um, it's going to be important to have those players that can contribute. And you know, our class did a good job this year. I think we we're fourth or fifth in rookie play time, so a lot of valuable experience um, you know, from the rookies and some guys coming back from injuries that we'll be expecting you big year twos from. How do you evaluate what Kayvon Thibodeau gave for you as a rookie? What more can he get for you in year two? Yeah, Kayvon was uh, again. He was injured in the preseason, and then you know, slowly, you know, kind of came on. Um, once he became more familiar with the system and was healthy, so I was pleased with Kayvon. Um, you know, leadership in the locker room. You guys have been around him. His personality—he's got a big personality. So uh, his work ethic and the way he's wired—I expect him to continue to ascend. But he was everything we thought he'd be a rookie year. How do you view your interior offensive line? Do you think the answers are in house, or do you need to go out and bolster that? Yeah, you know, I think we made a concerted effort. I think last year when I stood up here, we had five healthy offensive linemen, maybe or something like that. We have 14 under contract. I think next year. Majority of those guys have started NFL games. Um, McKeithen hasn't, but I mean, from Azudu to Jack Anderson, Tyree Phillips, I mean, we have really good depth. Um, it won't prevent us from, if, if there's a guy out there in the interior that we would want to sign, um, from doing that. But I think we have some pieces there. Um, you know, Gawenski's at right guard, but center and left guard, it's going to be good competition this offseason. Joe, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, whether it was back in Buffalo and Josh was coming out or this past year with Daniel, how do you balance betting on their physical traits versus you know what they put on tape? Yeah, I think it's important to evaluate the physical traits, but then there's also, to me, that that position's in a total different stratosphere because you have to evaluate the person, how they learn, their instincts, how they process information. Like to me, that's way more important than like you can you can watch the film and see one thing, but the makeup of the kid, um, I think, is way more important. If, and it mirrors up. I think that's when you got a good quarterback. You know, from your perspective, what makes Davis Webb already kind of ready for a coaching role? <laughs> Coach Davis. Uh, yeah, it's funny because in 2019, we signed into our practice squad in Buffalo, and he was unique that 
he would be upstairs hanging with the personnel department. He would do, uh, he was already coaching at the time, basically. He would take the practice squad guys down there, show them the film. He'd play safety, at, I don't know if you were listening, he'd play safety in Buffalo to give looks for Josh, you know, as a scout team guy. He was already coaching. Um, super smart. I think that's why he was able to go out and execute the way he did in the, the Eagles game. But I love Davis, great guy. Couldn't be happier for him. He, he's going to be a hell of a coach uh, and even a better person. So, yeah, we've known he's going to be a coach for a while now. Joe, how does that? How does it do? How do you feel about your defensive mind? You've got a lot of premier players yeah. along there, but how do you feel about your depth at that? Yeah, not great. <laughs> and that's a premium position. Again, there's, you know, again, talk about allocating resources to positions. I mean, it's it's important. You know, we have got to be better next year stopping the run. And, you know, I think some of that is our depth where Dexter doesn't have to play the amount of snaps he has to play or, you know, Leo doesn't have to be out there as much as he was out there. So, um, yeah, it's important, not just there, but across the board, we need to improve the depth on both sides of the ball. Hey, Joe, how much did your time with Brandon uh, – uh, how much did your time with Brandon in, in Buffalo shape your first season on the job this past year? Uh, a lot. I, I would have been swimming if it wasn't for Brandon. So um, mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate that, you know, he put me in his hip pocket, you know, for my entire time there. And, again, he came up, you know, kind of in the football operations early on before he shifted into the evaluation and the scouting. So he had a different perspective for 15 or so years of running an organization and, and being a leader across all facets. So um, whether it's right now contract negotiations, um, a lot of times people want to, you know, the GM, and, you know, they, their team drafts the best. There's so much more um, to the job that I would have no idea about if it wasn't for Brandon. So, you know, I think I reflect a lot back to 2017 when we were in uh, Buffalo, some of the waiver wire claims, Isaiah McKenzie's still there, but guys like that, where you could you know, set up my opening press, press conference, compete today and build for tomorrow. You know, the, you know, the way to acquire players, even in 18, when we had 50 million in dead cap space, like how to acquire players and still be competitive roster when maybe you're a little bit hamstrung in terms of some of the resources. So um, that was all things I took forward, you know, to this year. And, you know, some of it paid off with some of the waiver wire claims and the guys that we were able to get. Joe, in terms of, in terms of. When you jump back into that Bills pool with a front load of free agents that yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know how much money we're going to have at the end of it um, with some of our own. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's a comfort level with, uh, you know, if you're paying a certain amount of money for players and, you know, you're going to invest them that you already have some background information. That's not Buffalo. That could be Mark Lewinsky last year we signed from Indianapolis where Bobby Johnson had coached him. So there's some familiarity. You're not putting a large chunk of money into an unknown commodity as important as football character and personal character is to our organization. Joe, when you talk about building a wide receiver room, some people talk about what they call the basketball team theory, sort of different body types, different skill sets. Do you look for that, or do you just look and say talent is talent, I don't care what the body type is? Yeah, Dave's is great about that. Again, he wants guys that can separate. You know, If you can separate no matter how tall, short, wide, whatever it may be, if you can separate. And as a quarterback, you, you prefer that. You'd rather throw to a guy that's open versus a guy that's, you know, being covered by a DB. So, you know, if they can separate, again, we'll, we'll find a way to, to utilize them within the offense, whether it's outside or inside the slot. But um, I think it's one of the unique skills that Naval has is taking the um, players and their skill set that he has and then developing the offense around their skill set. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thanks, Joe. Giants fans, that's our show for today. Please keep coming back to BigBlueView.com throughout the week as we continue to uh, give you everything that you could possibly need uh, when it comes to uh, to the New York Giants and the 2023 scouting combine. 
I will be in Indianapolis through Thursday. I'm leaving on Friday morning, but uh, we will have, in addition to my coverage, uh, Chris Flum and Nick Filato will be doing their podcast regarding the Combine. We'll have all sorts of coverage of uh, positional previews, positional workouts. Um, we'll have analysis of, of the, the measurements, analysis of, of each day's workouts right straight through uh, Sunday afternoon, winners and losers for you, best performances of the week, all the coverage that you could possibly need to, uh, to keep up with what's going on at the combine and how it could impact your New York Giants. So please, uh, so please stay with us throughout the week. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd all mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.